Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. I know you've been standing for a little while. While you find your seat, if you would go with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 28. Book of Genesis, chapter 28. My mentor and my hero, Brother Rayleigh, is grinning from ear to ear because I'm going to his favorite book. Praise the Lord. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Praise the Lord. Good to have my precious mother in love here today. She tends to sneak up on me. She often says, you don't ever talk about me in your messages. And I had a, two pages dedicated to her today that I'm going to have to take out. No, I'm blessed, blessed beyond measure. I've got the greatest mother in love in the world. She's been so good to me. Praise the Lord. Book of Genesis chapter 28, and you can remain seated. I've got some lengthy reading this morning. Um, going to read two different passages of Scripture, Genesis 28, and then we'll go to Genesis 35. But if you'll remain patient with me and with the help of the Holy Ghost, I believe that we can, we can tie these two Scriptures together. Genesis 28 and 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in the place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. And the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely that the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillow, and he poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go. I will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. If you'll go with me to Genesis 35 and verse 1. Genesis 35 and verse 1. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Now this is a second time. He's done being one time and he found himself being afraid and fearful 
at this place called Bethel. And now at the place that he was afraid to be at, God is calling him back to. He said, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Notice there that Jacob is returning to the place that he was afraid of, but he does realize how important the place was and how holy the place was. And there's some things that you need to do to get yourself right before you go to the altar. There's there's some things before you present yourself to God that you need to check out. And Jacob is admonishing uh, the ones that are with him, his family and his servants to do that. And jump down to verse 9, and I'll try to quickly conclude. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out up out of the ram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it. And to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in this place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. And with the help of the Lord this morning, I know that was a lengthy amount of reading, but I hope to make sense of all that. And uh, if the Lord will help me this morning, and if you'll help me, And I'll be mindful of the time. I don't have a buzzer on me. But I do know it's approaching 12. And uh, I know how this crowd gets when it gets eating time. So I'll be mindful of that. And I want to preach to you from this topic this morning. A covenant worth keeping. A covenant worth keeping. Pray with me this morning. Father, I love you and I'm so grateful for the privilege that we've had to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thankful for the word that we heard from Brother Newbern this morning and how it was applicable to our hearts. Thank you for the spirit that we felt as we praised and worshiped and magnified your name. And now I'm asking you one more time that you would open our hearts and our minds and help us to hear what thus saith the Lord. I ask you to touch me, God, and just help us to receive what the spirit of God would say today. In the name of Jesus Christ and the whole house said amen. Praise the Lord. I have heard preachers and teachers and uh, even heard some motivational speakers and I've read in books that when you are in an uncertain situation or a place that you're unfamiliar with or afraid of, it is good to go back to a place in your life before where you was uncomfortable and draw strength from that. If you've had any kind of chaos or, or anything that went wrong in your life and you made it through and then you find yourself again in a situation, it's good to reflect on what you know that you can do to get out of a situation. And it's it's the same in our walk with God. It's important that we go back and revisit all the things that God has done for us in the seasons seasons of our life. For example, if, if God healed you of a disease and you find yourself with sickness or disease again, it's good to recall and remember, hey, God, you've done it for me before. I know I'm trusting and believe that you'll do it for me again. Perhaps you've been in a situation with your children and God helped your children or delivered your children and now you find yourself again. For my mother, it was countless times that she had to revisit the Lord for for me. So 
God can help us and restore our faith and motivate us. Perhaps uh, you find yourself in tough situations, but if we'll recall on the Lord, we know that the word of God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that same God that Brother Newbern was preaching about this morning with the children of Israel is the same spirit that we felt here today. Nothing's changed. Nothing's going to change. He's the same and always will be the same. In our text that I read, it was of, of two different accounts of Jacob and his experience at this place called Bethel. And he was there at Bethel at one point in his life. And then some years he finds himself again at this place where God meets with him. And as I was reading this and preparing, I began to think about how that God brings you and I back to our Bethel from time to time just to remind us of the previous struggles that we go through. And, and he may bring us back to our Bethel to remind us of things that we accomplished that perhaps defy our educational background or pedigree or anything that we were ever taught or learned. I thought about how God brings us back to Bethel sometimes to remember all the ways and the things that we accomplished, things that even surprised ourselves that we didn't realize we could do until we was put in that situation and forced to do it. But the more I read and the more I thought about it, that, that wasn't really what Bethel meant to Jacob because the first time that Jacob went to Bethel, he was scared to death. In our first text, Jacob visits Bethel and we read Jacob is in a place in his life where he has never been more uncertain, never been more afraid. How many have been in that place? You don't have to raise your hand this morning, but how many have felt like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know if I'll ever get to the other side and I, I don't even know if I will make it out of this alive. Ironically, the second text that we read, God has directed Jacob back to that same place where he has never been more uncertain in his life. And when Jacob is in need of his greatest faith, God takes him back to a place where he experienced his greatest fear. We need more faith. God says, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to take you back to a time that I helped you before and helped you recall and remember what I've done for you time and time again. The first time Jacob went to Bethel, he had no idea what would happen next. His brother wants to kill him. He was headed to his uncle, someone that he didn't even know. He had only heard stories about him. Bible scholars have Jacob being about 77 years old the first time he goes to Paddan Aram and stops in this place called Bethel. Now keep in mind that Bethel was not a place where Jacob went to shout and dance. Bethel was not a place where Jacob went to to feel Holy Ghost goosebumps and to sing praise songs. Jacob was in Bethel worrying and wondering, will I make it? And I feel that the Holy Ghost this morning, that God wants to speak to some of us in this season of our lives where you have no idea how to defend yourself from the attacks that's been happening. And whether you're present here today or whether you're watching by way of social media, there are some of you who have a lot on you right now. Some of it perhaps is your fault, and then some of it is things that have just happened in your life, no fault of your own, out of your control, and perhaps even someone else has caused this load to you, but none of it, none of it is anything that you have ever experienced before. You're the oldest that you've ever been and you've never progressed through anything like this in your life. This stage of development, you've never been through this emotional place that you find yourself in right now. So what does God do? 
He doesn't call you back to the place where you felt your greatest faith. He calls you back to the place where you felt your greatest fear, but you made it anyway. He does this to remind us what it really felt like when he revealed himself to us because you see, sometimes we tend to develop memory loss. We forget where God brought us from and we forget so quickly what he's done for us in our life, how he's kept us, how he's sustained us, how he has helped us face hardships in life and we throw our hands up in the air and say, oh no, what now when something else comes along and I guess I'm on my own so quickly to forget that he gave me a promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake me. And we think to ourselves, God, how would you, how would you let this happen to me? Sometimes things happen in our lives and we have more uh, questions than we do answers. And so it's only natural, it's only human. I, I've heard people often say, well, I, you don't question God. And I'm sure you shouldn't. But sometimes I can't help it. I have to ask him, why? Why would you do this? I need some congregational participation here for just a minute. If you'll help me. I want every, we need to take a journey just a small, quick journey, but I can't take everybody out and put you on the church van. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a minute. Everybody just close your eyes and think back to the worst time in your life. The worst time that you ever experienced, that you thought you wouldn't make it, that you knew it was over. And keep your eyes closed. I'm not trying to bring up bad memories, and I know it's hard for some of us to think about it, but go to that place for just a minute where you said time and time again as you cried yourself to sleep at night, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. That's how Jacob felt the first time he was in Bethel. He saw a vision. As your eyes remain closed, he saw a vision while he was asleep and he saw a ladder, heaven and angels of God ascending and descending. And 20 years later, God calls him back to that same place where he thought, I'm not going to make it. And you thought you wasn't going to make it. On the inside, everything was telling you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're going to die in this storm. Now open your eyes and look around. You made it. You made it. Look at us here this morning. We didn't quit. We didn't die in the storm. We didn't give up on God and walk away. But we made it. And Jacob is now instructed to build an altar in the place of his greatest fear. And that's where God calls you and I to build an altar and believe in him and believe in Bethel. In fact, one writer refers to him as the God of Bethel. And sometimes that's hard to swallow because the Bethel is a scary place. And Bethel is the place where you can't figure it out. And Bethel is the place where all you've got is faith. You can't see where you're going. You can't see the end in sight. All you know to do is to trust God and to hang on to him and take step by step. He said, I'm the God of Bethel and that's where my house is. That's where my habitation is and that's where I reveal myself to you and that's where I show myself and I'll meet you at and that's where you get to know me. I am the God of Bethel and I want you to go back to the place 
where you was most afraid and build an altar because if you don't, what's on you is going to cause you to forget what's in you. I'm going to say that again. If we don't find a place with God, if we don't have an altar that we visit every day, what's on you is going to cause you to forget what's in you. Forgive me for a personal reference this morning. I, I don't say this for pity or, or a blessing, Jesus, but it's just, uh, just an illustration and it's the only one I have. But I have a, a dear and faithful friend that over the past several months, and, and again, I know that there are several in this house and many who will watch this that have been in the same situation that I've been in this past five months of my life and this individual also has been there and they told me sometime back that uh, the fourth month will be the most difficult month that you'll have when you lose your spouse and the reason being is because things will happen to your body that you're not accustomed to you're going to get sick you're going to hurt when you don't know why you're hurting, physically hurt, bones and, and joints. And, and so I thought to myself as they told me this, and they, they're telling me with experience, they know. But I thought, no way. I never get sick. You know, I eat like a horse. So how, how could I, I work every day, manual labor, so how am I going to get sore? How am I going to get sick? And almost to the day, the fourth month, I got a stomach virus. My mother had to nurse me for three days. Shortly after that, I got COVID and was sick with COVID. And then shortly after that, I got a sinus infection. And then shortly after that, the sinus infection come back. For a whole month, I was sick. My bones ached and I couldn't tell you why they ached. And I didn't know what was going on with me. And I, I kept saying, how... How can this happen to me? And I had to reassess some things in my life because I kept telling myself, what's on you is going to cause you to forget what's in you if you don't do something about it. If you don't take hold of this, it's going to destroy you because above all else, and this is applicable to everybody in this house, above all else, nothing matters but making it nothing on this earth matters but making it and we can't forget that greater is he that is in me we're overcomers through him and though there may be questions without answers we have to trust and believe that he knows what he's doing because he does. We sang the song as a child that he's got the whole world in his hands and it's easy to forget that sometimes, but he does. He's holding the whole world and I believe that God would say to us right now that we need to go to a place where you, where you didn't think you would make it. And I want you to go to a place where you didn't know what was next and I need you to go to the place where you realized that I am faithful and that I will lead you. And this is this is the strange thing about Bethel. You might be in Bethel right now, but what you're going through right now might be the place that you have to go back in the future. What you're going through, your children may go through. And you're going to have to go back and revisit that place and, and help them with it. 
What you're going through right now may be something that your loved one may need or your, your friend may need. That we've, they're they going to need a reminder that God is a promise keeper, that he's a, he's a way maker. And no matter what you're going through, he will see you if we'll remain faithful. Things that we experience in Bethel have to, have to sometimes you have to back up and, and reassess what you're doing in life because there can be times when you can't see up from down. There might be some horrible feelings when we re revisit or some memories when we revisit. And that's why I find this concept so incredibly crucial in our walk with God. And this is not some politically correct concept. This is not a concept that we can use sometimes and discard sometimes. It's not a concept that we practice this year and take next year off. But the concept that I'm talking about is what I'm preaching about this morning and that's the concept of covenant. A covenant worth keeping. Jacob isn't going off of a good feeling. Jacob isn't going off of a track record that he has before. Jacob isn't just going off something he read off of a fortune cookie. He's not on some emotional high. He is scared to death. He's not going off something that he read in the verse of the day. But he had a covenant with God. In the scriptures, a covenant can be with another person. In the Bible, the context of marriage was not a convenience. It was a covenant. That's what's wrong with this country today. People get married for convenience when it should be for a covenant. That's why our divorce rate is at an all-time high. And from the Bible, we learn the context of our relationship with God. It's not my behavior. It is my covenant with Him. This is serious business. God is serious about our soul. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. Covenant, uh, Jacob is moving, but not in certainty. Not because he knows what's coming. He's not moving because he knows what to do next. He's moving because of his covenant with God. And he's trusting the Lord. The enemy is after him, but he's trusting God to, to lead him. And the relationship that you and I have with God is not based on the same covenant Jacob had. If you don't hear anything I say today, I want you to hear the next few minutes. Jacob had a covenant with God that meant this. God will be with me. And that's awesome. I'm so thankful to know that God is with me and he'll never leave me. But here's what happens on our end. We can't keep our end of the bargain. We, we can't match God with never leaving him. I don't believe that any of us have ever followed God perfectly through every season of our life. Of course, in the valley we felt faint. Of course, in hard times that we stumbled. And of course, there are times when our hearts was drawn away and not fixed on him continually. But that's why God said in Jeremiah 31 and 31, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they break although I was an husband unto them saith the Lord but this shall be my covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my law in their inward parts I will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. That's, that's the inside. 
what the law, what the law was powerless to do. It was weakened by sinful nature. God stepped off his throne to this world that he created. He spent 33 years of ministry. His beard was torn from his face. He had a crown of thorns pressed on his head. They spit in his face. They hung him on a cross to be crucified just so he could put his spirit in us so that he could be part of us and we could be part of him so that you and I could not have a Jacob covenant. And I'm thankful for the covenant of Jacob that he promised me he never would leave me, but I've got a Jesus Christ covenant. I've got something in me that's greater than anything that this world has ever seen. When he told me he was leaving to prepare a place for me, he would send me a comforter, and that comforter is the Holy Ghost. I have the Jesus covenant. I have a covenant that whatever the enemy tries to put on me, greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. He's put his spirit in me, and he's filled me with the Holy Ghost. Would you stand with me across the house this morning? I know I know that right now there are those in this house that have a lot on you. You've been carrying a heavy, heavy load. But I've stepped to this desk this morning with a word from the Lord. There's something in you that has always been greater. It's, it's in me. It's in you. And when Jacob said that he always had God beside him. That's it's wonderful. But I don't know why we don't shout this house down every time we come in knowing that he's in us. He's not just with us, but he's in us. Every day that we wake up and we go out into this world, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to be afraid because he's with us. And so that load that you carry this morning, you don't have to carry that load home today. Now, will the problem still be there when you walk out the door? Yeah, it's going to be there. Will you still be alone tonight at midnight? Yeah, you sure will. But he's in us. He's in us. I feel in the Holy Ghost this morning, and I wouldn't embarrass anyone for nothing in the world but the Lord responds to faith and so I'm going to ask you if you've been carrying a load this morning that has weighed you down and you've been weary and I'm not talking about sin I'm talking about the cares of life have you overwhelmed perhaps you're dealing with a situation on your job perhaps you're dealing with a situation in your family whatever it may be that has caused you to lose your breath sometimes and caused you to wake up in the middle of the night and say, why God? I'm going to ask you today to come forward. And in faith, we're going to trust God. And together we're going to pray. That heaviness that's on your chest that sometimes you feel you can't even breathe. We're going to pray today in this closing song and we're going to ask the Lord. You promised me that you was in me. And if that be so, God, I'm asking you to lift this from me. To lift this from me and help me to go forward. Just for a moment, church, can we cry out to the Lord and ask Him, God, you see me and you see where I'm at. 
I'm asking you right now to touch me, God. The load that we carry sometimes is more than we can bear. And I'm thankful for the promise that you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. But I'm so thankful that you're in me, Lord. And I ask you today to touch us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.